So for those who haven't met me, uh, my name is Anthony, or people call me Abs or AB, and I'm one of the leaders here at the Chapel Sydney. And it's been a while since I've come up to him and preached, so there's always a sense of nervousness. But with every sermon, there's always a sense of excitement of what God is going to do today. So I'm just so excited to open up God's Word with you guys. So to begin, I'd like to invite you guys to open up your Bibles to Mark 2, 13 to 17. Mark 2, 13 to 17. So feel free to get your Bibles out. If you do not have it with you, the words will be up on the screen. So Mark 2, 13 to 17. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Amen. I'm just going to quickly pray before we begin. Lord, thank you for your word. We know that your word is light, that it penetrates the deepest parts of our heart. We know that the word also may shine light on the parts of our heart that we may not like. So we pray that we will humble ourselves, and as we reflect on this passage, that you will continue to remind us of your grace and your mercy in our lives. We pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. People don't like change. We're naturally wired to crave comfort and to crave familiarity. So when change happens, the studies show that there's parts of the brain that lights up to process whether it's a threat or not. And now people can learn to be resilient, they can learn to deal with change well, but I am not one of them. When Pastor James preached last week on, whether on, on lining up for a new iPhone, it didn't make sense to me. I held on to my iPhone 4 till it died, <laughs> my iPhone 6 till it died, and now my iPhone 12 till it dies. But not all change is a bad thing. And we don't have to look far. The introduction of seatbelts in Australia, air conditioning in the church, and installing Wi-Fi in our church too. If you're streaming in online, welcome. But even here, did you know that before we got those plastic chairs that you're sitting on now, uh, we actually had these massive fabric chairs, and they really smelled. Yeah. <laughs> And some of them had mold on them, and they were generally the ones at the front. So if you were late to church, you had to sit on those moldy chairs. But thankfully, we got rid of them, and we're enjoying the chairs we have now. And here in this passage, we see a change that Jesus brings. And last week, when we began the series of Mark, Pastor James answered two questions. One, who is Jesus? And two, why is he here? And chapter 1 begins this way. This man called Jesus comes out and he says, 
The kingdom has come. Repent and believe. And he also see that he's the Messiah, the Son of God that everybody was waiting for. So we can see right now all the eyes are on Jesus. Everyone was curious about him. If you were to stalk someone on Instagram at the time, it would have been Jesus. What, either a morning person or a night person? What size Birkenstocks does he wear? But more importantly, they wanted to know if he really was the Son of God and what kind of kingdom was he talking about? So all the eyes were on Jesus. Verse 13, a large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. So they were listening to his word. They wanted to know what he had to say. They were coming to him for healing. They were coming to him wanting to be his disciple. All the eyes were on Jesus. And what was he going to do next? We see here in verse 14 that the large crowd was following him as he walked. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. And while I was preparing for this sermon, this is the part of the story that really confused me. It's so weird that Jesus says, follow me. And this person just gets up, no stranger danger, just follows him. But the book of Mark is like this. He doesn't tell us everything that we want to know, but he tells us everything that we need to know. And Mark here gives us a good clue when he mentions that Levi is one, a tax collector, and that two, he was the son of Alphaeus, meaning that he was a Jewish tax collector. And now, in this day and age, we don't have tax collectors. But back in the day, there were taxes for everything. So the Roman Empire, who had control of the country at the time, put taxes on everything. Do you want to cross a bridge? You pay tax. You live on the land? You pay tax. If your donkey had legs, you pay tax. If your cart had wheels, you pay tax. But the people were poor, or they just didn't want to pay. So the tax collectors were hired, and their job was to find these people and make them pay. And they could do it with however way they wanted. So they could hire people to commit crimes, to exploit them, to bully them into pain. So they were the worst of the worst. And tax collectors were also known to be corrupt and greedy. So for example, you owed the Roman Empire $5. They would charge the people 7 and give five to the Roman Empire and keep two for themselves. And to show you how much they were hated, these were some laws that involved tax collectors. One, they couldn't testify in court. So even though they witnessed something, their word could not be trusted. And people were allowed to rob a tax collector and be protected under Jewish law. And also, their families weren't allowed to enter synagogues or any places because they were unclean. And people couldn't accept gifts as from a tax collector because it was considered stolen money. And not only that, Levi was a Jewish tax collector, which means that the people that he was taking money from were his own family and his own people. So he was hated by his own people. And even the Romans didn't like him. He wasn't one of them. So they considered him maybe a tool 
It's one of the tools that they use to carry out their rule. So in this situation is Levi, a Jewish tax collector. And I can only imagine what Levi was feeling. And don't get me wrong, Levi had money, he had power, he was doing really, really well. But he was also feeling empty, knowing that he was unclean, knowing that he was worthless, knowing that he was ashamed to his family and his people, sitting in that lonely booth. And Jesus comes along, and a loud crowd follows him. And Levi by now would have known, oh, they would have heard about this Jesus, this person who's teaching, who's healing, who said he's the son of God. But like everybody else, this was the tax collector's booth. Everyone walks past and goes, whatever. This guy, not worth looking at. But Jesus does something different. He turns and he says, follow me. And the large crowd would have looked at Jesus, looked at Levi, and then looked back at Jesus. This guy? Do you know who this guy is? He's a tax collector. He's the last person that you want to be seen hanging out with. But Levi also knows this. And he's in face to face with Jesus, the Son of God, who knows everything about him, but still wants him. So what did he do? He drops everything and followed him. And after, he holds a feast. And Jesus is at his house having dinner with him. And Levi would have probably invited everyone. But who wants to go to a tax collector's house? Other tax collectors and sinners. And it's a big party. They're having a blast. But the teachers of the law, they're standing outside that party, confused. Why is Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners? Doesn't he know who they are and what they've done? Why are you hanging out with these people? But Jesus said this, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And from this passage, we can learn two things. One, no one is too good or too bad for God. And we can read this and we can see the teachers of the law as the bad guys. But to be honest, they weren't really the bad guys. They were doing their best to please God. They were doing their best to uphold the law and keep it holy. And how many of us can say, say the same? I go to church every week. I serve. I join the belong group. I think I should be all right with God. But they've missed the point. No one is good enough for God. And when you come to God, you don't come to God going, God, look, what I, look, look at what I did. Look at what I've done. Look at what, how put together I am. But when you come to God, you say, God, I'm a sinner and I need saving. And what does God do? He doesn't say, go back and fix yourself and then follow me. But he says, come, I must eat with you. I must journey with you. And for myself, that's how I saw God growing up. Do good to get good. Study hard, you get good grades. 
trying hard, you'll be able to perform. But I found myself always falling short. I could never be good all the time. C.S. Lewis said this, you never know how bad you are unless you try your best to be good. The more you try to be good, the more you realize that you can't ever keep up these high standards. And when I found God in university, when I heard the gospel being preached in a way that didn't make sense, my life changed. And it's not by my performance or what I can bring to the table that I'm saved, but by what Jesus did and how he entered my life to bring about change. And I love this first line of the song, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I think that's what we find here in Levi's encounter with Jesus. That he saw Jesus, the Son of God, seeing all our brokenness, all our sins, and all our failures, but knowing that he was fully accepted and fully loved by God. And number two, we are all welcome at his table. No matter where we are with God, whether you've been at church for years or whether you're here for the first time today, you are all welcome to his table. And if you've never been told this, I want to tell you now, God knows you and he loves you. And the teachers of the law, they wanted to create distance. They wanted to be set apart from other people. But Jesus is not like that. Jesus is described in the book of Matthew as a friend of sinners. A friend of sinners. And the people who called him that actually meant it as an insult. And if you think about it, it's pretty crazy that Jesus chose Levi. Because if you wanted to be any respected teacher at the time, you want to pick the best of the best. You know, you want to pick the holiest of the holy. The ones who come to church early. The ones who sit at the front row of the church and church service. The ones who have a physical Bible instead of an app on their phone. So they can say, if my followers and my disciples are at this level, imagine how much better I'll be for them to follow me. But Jesus was not like that at all. He was a friend of sinners. And up until now, all these people knew this, that religion was about keeping distance, making sure you're clean, making sure you're holy, that you can approach God. But Jesus was not like that. He gets involved. He says, follow me. Follow my example. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Follow me. And I will show you a better way. So for us, we can either stand outside that dinner party like the teachers of the law, or we can accept the invitation given to us today. So now that we know these two things, how can we apply this? One, you can receive this gift. Because after this event, Levi actually changes his name to Matthew. And in Greek, Matthew means the gift of God. And if that name sounds familiar, yes, it is Matthew, one of the four writers of the gospel. People saw Levi as a traitor, 
a greedy, unclean person who could not be trusted. They saw him as a puppet of an oppressive empire, and Jesus knew all that, but still wanted Levi. And he says, follow me, and I will show you how to live for me. And Levi knew that too, that the grace that Jesus showed Levi was exactly this, an undeserved gift of God. And here the question to you, who are you in this story? It's so easy to read this passage and go, yes, go Jesus. You showed those teachers of the law. You showed that the worst of us can be saved. Yeah, and some for, us, for some of us, we can subconsciously fall into this teachers of the law mentality. Yeah, Jesus, I know I'm saved, and I know I'm saved by grace. Yeah, I believe in everything you say about the Bible, but I'm just going to keep coming to church on Sundays. I'm just going to serve and join a belong group just to be in your good books. I'm still okay. But do you know that you're that tax collector? When God comes to you, you aren't all put together. We're not all as good as we think we are. We are sinners caught in a world that is deep in sin. And we're all in need of a doctor. And unless you know that you're that tax collector that Jesus came for, you won't really understand what Jesus did for you. But Levi knew, and he received this gift. Which brings us to the next point, number two. Extend that gift to others. And Levi knew this, and what did he do? He throws a party. He can't keep this news to himself. He responds with joy. He invites everybody that he knows. And when we come together on Sunday, we celebrate this. We worship this God that gave us this freedom and we all have this invitation to sit at his table. But we can't keep it to ourselves. There's so many of our friends and family that need to hear this too. That instead of trying our best to be right with God, instead of trying our best to find meaning and purpose in this world, we have freedom in Jesus. And that's the mission of God and the message of God that we carry. To be vessels, to carry it out, to go out and bring his people to get to know him and to share with them the gift that was given to us. And you know what? It's easy. It's easy for us to keep busy in our lives to focus on our priorities, our own careers, our own families. It's really easy, to be honest, to have an excuse to stay within our four walls. But how can we call ourselves a Christian but not care about the things that God cares about? But Jesus says, follow me. I will show you how to live. And Jesus didn't just tolerate sinners. He didn't spend his time in the four walls, but he actually went out and spent time with them. He went into their spaces. He ate with them. He journeyed with them. And I feel like that's what we should be doing too. So maybe this week or next week, 
You can think about this. Who do you want to reach out to? Who do I want to reach out to? Maybe it's a friend that you haven't spoken to in a while. Maybe it's someone who used to go to church but fell away. Or maybe it's just a friend that's struggling with life and they need something at the moment. Extend, extend that invitation out to them. Invite them for a meal. Invite them to church. And I love our church. I love that our church is a place where people can just come and feel invited to his table. That we don't have to put, put on fake smiles and pretend everything is okay. We can just come as we are and be welcomed. And I pray that this church can continue to be a place where we can just bring our friends and family, that we can know this Jesus that we love. So to wrap up, last week we see that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And this passage today shared that Jesus is a friend of sinners. And Jesus said this last week in chapter 1, the kingdom is he. And this passage is sharing, this is the kind of people that I want in my kingdom. These are the kind of people that are going to be with me in heaven. Not the self-righteous, but the sinner who knows me. And the sinner who knows that through me they are declared righteous. And the sinner that accepts my invitation. And I want you to think about that this week. Won't you accept Jesus' invitation? Because nothing in this world can give you what Jesus can give you. Let's pray.